You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. What's up, Christ Walk Church? How's everybody doing? Brand new year. So, so good to see all of you here this morning. I'm excited about what God has in store for us in 2022 as we kick off um, a season of 30 days of prayer and fasting uh, together today. I'll be talking about that here in a little bit. I hope that everyone had a great Christmas with your family and with friends and that your new year uh, treated you well. Um, For those of you who Uh, We're able to make it to midnight, and for those of you like me who struggled a little bit, I've noticed now that I'm 40, becomes a little bit more difficult. My kids were calling me grandpa. I was calling them grounded, so, you know, that's how it works at the Snap household. Um, If you got your Bible, you got a smart device, why don't you turn with me or swipe with me um, to the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets. We're going to be in the book of Zechariah. In chapter 4, we're going to land there uh, momentarily, uh, Zechariah chapter 4. You know, with a new year um, comes along this idea every year that, that maybe, just maybe, this year would be better than the last. Like, that would make a really good line in a song. Like, maybe we could call it like Long December. Talk about, some of y'all get that on the drive home. Um, Maybe this will be the year that we finally start eating better. Maybe this is going to be the year that we get the promotion or that we start exercising or that we get married or that we start reading the Bible and praying every day. Maybe this is the year that we'll get pregnant. I hope it's not the year that I get pregnant. Um, if, if, If so, we got a crazy year ahead of us. Um, Maybe this is the year that we finally quit smoking, we get out of debt, fill in the blank with whatever it is that you are hopeful for at the beginning of a new year. There's just something about this time of year that is inspiring for us. Despite the fact that on the calendar, it's just the difference really of 24 hours from from one year to the next. It's just another day, but in our minds, it becomes so much more than that. We've closed the book on one part of our lives, and we've opened up a brand new chapter and are being given the opportunity to start afresh and anew. And if you're anything like me, in between kind of Christmas and New Year, you, you, and the New Year, you take a little bit of time to kind of sit down and, and ponder and process the year that was and everything that's happened um, to you, about you, through you, um, all of those things that you have experienced in the past year. And, and perhaps you spend some time contemplating some of the changes that you would like to make in the year to come. Perhaps you find your inspiration from maybe a friend or a family member or an author or a celebrity or a social media influencer. One of my influences for this coming year is a person that I don't even know. 
it, it's a guy that I've seen a couple times at the gym where, where I work out. Um, he, he's a regular guy, uh, he, but he's, he's fit. He's in shape. We have a lot in common. He's young and handsome. <laughs> but he's, he's not like, you know, he's not like a meathead, like one of like those, like, guy, you know, the guys in the gym that they, they have to like turn sideways to get through the door. He's not a guy. Like, he's just like a regular dude. And about six weeks ago, I'm, I was in the gym and I was, I was working out. I had some 30-pound dumbbells in my hand, the exercise that I was doing. Um, there was some sweat pouring down my forehead. I was straining quite a bit. Um, there may have been like some audible groans coming out of my mouth. And, and this guy comes in and, and he gets up next to me uh, on the bench next to me and he grabs like 60-pound dumbbells. Okay, like twice what I'm doing. You know, as I said, he's fit and everything. And, and he starts working out with him, and, you know, he kind of gives me the nod, and I give him the nod, you know, like, bro, respect and everything, you know. I'm like, yeah, that's right, 30s, what's up? And it didn't take me too long before I realized that those 60-pound dumbbells that he was working out with, which was double the amount of weight that I was working out with, that was just his warm-up set. Because then my man proceeds to grab 110-pound dumbbells, and starts doing sets with multiple reps like it's just no big deal. No spotter. Like, I threw my back out just watching him. <laughs> I've been doing really good. I, I've been going to the gym for uh, about four months now. I've been averaging four or five times a week. I've been working hard. I've been breaking a sweat. I've been coming home sore. You know, the kind of sore where you have to, like, hold on to something to sit down on the toilet. That's my life. <laughs> For the past four years, I've been taking my vitamins. I have been drinking my protein shakes. I've been doing everything that I'm supposed to do to get in the best shape of my life at age 40. And I'm well on my way. But I got news for you. I couldn't lift one of those 110-pound dumbbells that dude was working out with, let alone two. And I'm, I'm looking at this situation and I'm like, what, what gives? Like, this doesn't make any sense. We're doing the same stuff. He's showing up to the gym just like I'm showing up to the gym. He's eating healthy just like I'm trying to eat healthy. He's taking his vitamins. He's drinking his protein shakes. And he walks in and he's lifting all of that weight. Well, why can't I do that? We're doing the same thing. And, and here's the truth of the matter. What I've been doing for months, he's been doing for years. See, he didn't start out lifting 110-pound dumbbells. He started out with me lifting 30s. And, and over time, 30 became 35, and 35 turned into 50, and 50 became 70, 70 became 95, and you get the picture. He didn't just show up and start lifting the big weights from the start. Rather, he was consistent with the smaller weights and gradually increased them over time until he built up his strength to where it is now. And all of the time that he was doing that, I was laying on the couch eating potato chips and drinking Mountain Dew. I wasn't there for the time that he was struggling with 30 and 35 and 40 pounds. I just showed up to witness him lifting the big boy weights and thought, that's what I want. And I love this quote from Pastor Craig Rochelle of, of Life Church. He says this. He says, it's often the small things that no one sees 
that result in the big things that everyone wants. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. And today we're kicking off a brand new series called Habits that's based on simply that. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk in a very practical way about some of the small things that we can embrace in order to make a big difference in our lives. And that starts for us here this morning on January 2nd in the book of Zechariah chapter 4, where you've turned and are waiting for us to read. We're going to start in verse 6, and we're going to read through verse 10. It reads this way, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel is a fun word. Um, This is the king of Israel at the time. This was um, what we were going to name Luke if we didn't name him Luke. I'm kidding. We were not going to do that. Um, this is, this is an angel or, that, is, that is proclaiming the word of the Lord to Zechariah. And, and so he's saying, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. He's saying, I want you to go and I want you to take this message to, to the leader of Israel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Verse 7. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Verse 8. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple. And he will complete it. And then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. And then verse 10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Now, it's it's at this uh, juncture in the history of the nation of Israel that they've just returned from many years in Babylonian captivity. And they find themselves in the midst of the city of Jerusalem, which has been ransacked and is lying in ruins. And the people at this time, they are, they're struggling quite a great deal because Solomon's temple, the place that was set aside for worship unto the Lord, it has been destroyed. And so um, Zechariah arises as a prophet to the nation of Israel, and the book of Zechariah contains these eight uh, night visions, if you will, that the word of the Lord is presented to um, Zechariah for him to share with the king and, and with the people. And this passage that we've just read from chapter 4 is in regard to the rebuilding of the temple. And perhaps some of you uh, here in this room, some of you watching with us online today, maybe uh, you're feeling a little bit like the people of Israel were in this story today. Maybe you look around your life and there are some parts of it that are lying in ruins, in just a big heap. Maybe today it's your health that is in ruins. Maybe it's your marriage that has been destroyed. Perhaps it's your finances or your relationship with Jesus or whatever that may be. There's a part of your life that is laying in a heap of ruins. And, and, and you want to make changes, 
and you're hopeful that, that with this new year that there's some things that can happen that will cause your life to improve, will cause the situation to get better. But, but some of you, you're not quite sure where to start down that journey. Or if you do know where to start, some of us, we're just not sure that we've got what it takes to see things through to their completion. And so if that's you this morning, let me encourage you. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. You know, there's a lot of talk um, this day and age about getting back to normal. Or if we can't get back to normal, then perhaps we can just get used to what is different. Getting used to different. And, and, and I've, I've come to the realization that if this year is going to be different than the years that came before it, then we're going to have to embrace some different things, right? Because after all, the definition of insanity is to continue to do the same thing over and over and over and expect to get different results. So if this year is going to be different for any of us, it's going to come because we've chosen to embrace some different things in our life. Amen? Man, you guys with me so far? All right. So if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to uh, write this down. We're going to talk about, for the next few minutes, three things that we must embrace for God to do a big work in our lives. Three things we must embrace for God to do a big work in our lives. And the first one of those things is we've got to embrace different power. We've got to embrace different power. Let's take a look at verse 6 again. Said, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's army. See, under the reign of King David, the nation of Israel displayed a mighty military force. But in the remnant of Zechariah's day, they had no army. During Solomon's reign... Israel ruled over many neighboring Gentile nations that would all pay tribute to the king. So that gave him access to basically unlimited resources when he set about to build the initial temple. But the remnant in Zechariah's day and age, they had no such authority or resources. But the word of the Lord came to the prophet to be delivered to the king and to the people that the temple would not be rebuilt as a result of a mighty army or because of worldly riches. It was nothing that mere mortal men would be able to accomplish alone. To achieve the task at hand, they were going to have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. And it becomes readily apparent that when we read this passage, we can see that there's really three different ways that we can attempt to accomplish the work of God in our lives. We can, number one, we can trust in our own strength and wisdom to get the job done. Number two, we can borrow from the resources of the world to try to get the job done. Or we can, number three, depend on the power of God. It's, it's kind of like going out to cut your grass. We're going to set out to cut the grass. Imagine going out into your front yard with a pair of scissors, right? 
I'm going to go and I'm going to go into the front yard and I'm going I'm to cut the grass with a pair of scissors. That, that depends on your ability to be able to work those scissors. It's going to take forever. It's going to be exhausting. And simply put, it's just not sustainable. That's not something like, it's not something you can do every week because it's probably going to take you at least a week to get it done. So you would just constantly be out there with a ruler and some scissors trying to get the grass cut. That's why we have this thing called a lawnmower. And it's a big blade, and attached to that big blade is a gas-powered engine. It, it allows us to go out and to cut the grass, and, and we allow the machine to do the work on our behalf. It's much more efficient. It keeps us from having to work as hard, and it maintains sustainability. It's something that we can do regularly over time and to create that uniform cut that we want in our grass. I've come to discover that there's some of us trying to accomplish God's plan in our life, holding scissors in our hand when God's given us access to the power of a lawnmower. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm believing for our church in this season of prayer and fasting, that, that we're going to lay down the scissors and that we're going to take hold of the power of the lawnmower. Perhaps the greatest resolution that we could make in this year is to stop doing things on our power and instead relying on the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work within our lives. I, I don't want to get to the place this year where I get a hold of the Holy Spirit. I want to get to the place this year where the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me. That's what I'm wanting. That's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm looking for for the people of this church because that's how we are going to set out to make the biggest difference in our lives and in our community. That it comes with us relinquishing control. That it's not by might or by force or by power. It's, it's through the spirit of the living God that we are going to be able to accomplish these things in our lives. It's tapping into, it's embracing first a different power. Secondly, the second thing that we must embrace is a different perspective. A different perspective. In, in verse 7 of Zechariah chapter 4 says, Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it. May God bless it. Consider some of the mountains or the obstacles that were standing in Zerubbabel's way, and you'll soon find out that, that our situation isn't much different from the situation that he and the nation of Israel were facing at this point. There was a great amount of discouragement among the people. Is there anybody feeling discouraged today after two years in the middle of a pandemic? There was opposition from the enemies around them. Am I talking to anybody today that's come against some opposition from the enemy here lately? There was, there was poor crops in the land. Is there anybody out there that's been affected by our supply chain issues that we've been dealing with as a nation? There was an unstable economy in Zachariah's day. Has anyone noticed the rising prices at the grocery store, the gas pump? here of late. There were people that were not obeying God's law. Has anyone walked outside in public 
over the past few days? Has anyone scrolled through social media or read the news headlines that have alerted us to the fact that we are definitely no longer a nation in God, or who, who is living founded on the principle of in God we trust? This is the place that we are. It's not all that different from the place that they were. Yet God says that there's nothing that is going to stand in the way of those who choose to operate in accordance with the power of the Holy Spirit. And in spite of all of the challenges that Zerubbabel and Zechariah and the nation of Israel were facing, God was already proclaiming the finished work before the first stone had been laid. He says, when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, they hadn't even started yet. And God is, he, he says, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it, that, that not only is God proclaiming that it's going to be done, but he's proclaiming that it's going to be blessed. See, we need to ask God to give us eyes in this year to see the finished work of what he is wanting to do in and through our lives. We need to get to that place where we realize I may not be where I want to be, but I can see where I'm going to be, and it's a whole lot further along from where I used to be. That's what God is wanting to do in and through us this year. And when we choose to embrace a different perspective, when we choose to see things the way that God sees them, we will quickly discover that we are headed to that place of blessing in our lives. We've got to choose to embrace a different power, a different perspective. And number three, we've got to choose to embrace different possibilities. Different possibilities. In verse 10 of our passage, we read, Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. In Ezra 3, we read that during the rebuilding of the temple that's taking place, that they're getting ready to embark on, we we see this coming to fruition and, and Zerubbabel setting out to fulfill the word of the Lord. And in Ezra 3, we read that during the rebuilding of the temple, some of the people, they, they wept or they cried whenever they saw it. And for some, it was tears of joy because the, the temple was being rebuilt. But for others, it was due to their sadness because it wasn't the same as it had been before or it was lackluster or it wasn't happening as quickly as they would like it to or they would hope that it would. It it, it wasn't as impressive as Solomon's temple. And how often, I wonder, do we falter in the fulfillment of, of God's plan for our life simply because we get impatient along the way or we get frustrated because it's not happening as quickly as we'd like it to or or the way that we want it to. But the word of the Lord for Zechariah and for us here today is that we are not to despise the small beginnings. We can't overlook or forsake the process. See, there's there's many of us gathered here today that we want to slay giants just like David. But are we willing to tend the flocks and the sheep and protect them from the lions and the bears before? There's, there's many of us that, that we long for the, the, the beautiful marriage between Ruth and Boaz. But are we first going to remain faithful to Naomi and get out in the fields and work? 
There are many of us that that we long to be able to have the kind of faith that Daniel had to be able to stand in the face of the adversity of the lion's den. But how many of us are going to consecrate three times a day to get on our face and pray to God our Father? How many of us are going to abstain from the food from the king's table so that we're going to, to do what it takes beforehand and be faithful and diligent and obedient in the small things so that we're prepared when the big things and the big opportunities come along? It makes me think of um, legendary college basketball coach John Wooden. Many of you know that I'm a huge college basketball fan. John Wooden won 10 national titles as the coach of the UCLA Bruins men's basketball team. He won seven in a row from 1967 to 1973. Legendary, just incredible coach. And the first practice that he held every year, he would bring his team together, and they didn't work on dribbling, they didn't work on passing, They didn't work on shooting. They didn't even work on defense. The first practice for the UCLA men's basketball team underneath Coach John Wooden every year, they would work on two things, putting on their socks correctly and tying their shoes correctly. Because if you put on your socks wrong, then you could get a blister. You don't want to play basketball with a blister. If you tie your shoes incorrectly, then in the heat of the moment, when it matters most, they could come untied and you don't want to trip and fall over a dangling shoelace. See, John Wooden was about getting first things first. He was about starting with the small things, the seemingly insignificant things that everybody else overlooked. And every year he started with his team. Rookies and veterans alike, freshmen and seniors. We're going to start by learning how to put on our socks. And then we're going to figure out how to tie our shoes correctly. The result, 10 national titles, including seven in a row. Wooden says this. He says it's the little things that are vital. Little things make big things happen. The freedom of Israel from slavery in Egypt began with the tears of a child. Jesus says that faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. He used a little boy's sack lunch to feed a multitude. The salvation of the world was initiated through the birth of a baby. It rings true with the old 14th century old English proverb that says, Mighty oaks from little acorns grow. Do not despise the small beginnings. Because it's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. So this morning, January 2nd, 2022, my encouragement My challenge to myself, to all of you, those in this room, those watching online, those that might listen later on podcasts or watch this video down the road on our YouTube channel, let's start small together with just one thing. Let's start small with just one 
thing. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells Martha there's only one thing to be concerned about, sitting at his feet. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes that his focus is on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. In Psalm 27, David declares that there is only one thing that he desires, which is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Mark 10, Jesus tells the rich young ruler that there's one thing he lacks. Sell his possessions, give the money to the poor, and come and follow Jesus. We've all got our one thing. What's yours? For 2022, what's your one thing? Before you answer that question, I want you to consider another question. Instead of the one thing that you want, what is it that's the one thing that God wants for you? Instead of the one thing you want, what is the one thing that God wants for you? As as we begin this season of prayer and fasting together over the next 30 days, that's where I want us to start. God, what is the one thing that you want for me this year? We're going to lean into that over the next 30 days together. Back in 2012, Mike Ashcraft and Rachel Olson wrote a book called My One Word. And I've been practicing the principles that come out of that book for a few years now, choosing one word each year to focus on, kind of listening to the voice of the Lord at the close of, of one year and as we, as we open a, a new year, um, to focus in on, on the one thing that God has for me. Last year, my one word was expand. My one word was expand. And I I talked about some of that in Vision Sunday last year where it got us to, and we talked about stretching. And I'm still wearing this rubber band, handed out rubber bands to everybody on that day to remind me that this coming year that I need to to stretch so that I can make room for a miracle in my life and in this church. And here at the the onset of 2022, this year, my word is abide. And abide means to wait or to trust or to dwell. That I just want to be in the presence of God. That I want my life, my ministry, my marriage, my parenting, that, that it starts with spending time with the Father, that I don't want to get out ahead or in front of Him, that I, I just want to wait on Him. I want to, I want to trust Him. I just want to be with Him. That's, that's an area that I need to get better in in my life. And so I feel like that's where the Lord's calling me this year. It comes, uh, one of the verses that it comes to, uh, comes to me out of is in, in my reading, John chapter 15. It says, yes, I'm divine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, those who abide into me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing that's who I want to be this year I want to be someone who produces a lot of fruit not in my own strength not in my own power but because it's uh, the power of the Holy Spirit that's working through me out of out of that place that time that I've spent just abiding just being just waiting on the Lord So for all of us, this is where I'm starting. What about you? 
We need to consider, God, where, where do you want me to begin this year? What's that one verse? What's that one word? What's the one area that I need to focus on to make room for a miracle in my life? Maybe for some of you today, your words obey. There's some areas of your life that, that maybe you, you haven't been fully willing to step out in faith and, and live out to what God's called you. And you need to take some small steps of obedience over the course of this year. Maybe you've been trying to do too much with your life and focus on too many things and, and, and it's gotten chaotic and out of control and so your word might be simplify or perhaps it's generous. Maybe God's calling you to finally trust him with your finances and, 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 and to, to, to give and, and be generous with your time and your talent and your treasure and your testimony. Maybe your word is grow and that this is going to be the year where, where you're going to put down roots in the word of God and you're going you're gonna to take strides in your relationship with Jesus like never before. Maybe Maybe it's share. Maybe you've been holding back the things that God has been doing in your life because of how others might receive them or, or it felt awkward or embarrassing or boastful even to talk about the way that God was moving it. And maybe this year is the year that you need to talk to anybody that will listen about the change, the difference that God has made in your life. Maybe it's to serve. Maybe this is the year that you're finally going to, to join a serving team. You're finally going to start that ministry that God's placed on your heart. You're finally going to, to get involved and, and make a difference, make an impact in the world around you. Maybe it's trust. Maybe you're walking through the midst of a difficult situation and, and it started in, in, in 2021 and it's carried over into 2022 and, and you've, been, you've been worried about it and you've been chewing your fingernails into the quick and everything, but, but God's saying, I just need you to trust me that it's going to be okay. And so, so your word's going to be trust. God, I'm going to put my trust in you for this year. Maybe it's to finally believe. Maybe that's your word. Believe. Lord, I'm going to believe that you are who you say you are. I'm going to believe in you as Lord and Savior. I'm going to choose to live my life your way. I'm going to choose to embrace life everlasting through Jesus Christ, my Savior. If that's you here in this place, watching with us online, if you're ready to take that step, can't think of a better way for you to start out the beginning of a brand new year by entering into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to do that, I want to invite you to pray this very simple prayer with me. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe that Jesus died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. Today, I choose to follow Jesus and his way for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.